Well, Happy New Year to you. I hope you had a great Christmas time and well done for emerging into 2021. And of course, 2020 was the kind of year that none of us were expecting to have. And far from it being the year of clear vision, 2020 vision, it was a year of trouble and strife for most of us, a very unexpected year. And as we land into a new year, it's so critical that we start the year in the manner that we mean to go on, i.e. thankful, worshipful, grateful. And of course, uh, science has caught up recently with what we've known spiritually for many, many years and decades, that actually thankfulness is an incredible power in our lives. So we know scientifically, for example, that people who express greater gratitude often form much deeper friendships and connections with other people and it can be from small things like thanking someone for holding the door open for you or thanking a workman who's working in your house. Small little acts of gratitude in our lives actually cause deeper connections to form with other people. It creates community. We know also that gratitude uh, causes us to be emotionally more healthy. Uh, grateful people tend to be less frustrated they tend to have less toxic emotions in their life like uh, anger uh, and self-hatred. Uh, grateful people uh, tend to have reduced aggression and they often have greater self-esteem. There are all sorts of now known benefits of thankfulness and practicing gratitude in our lives. And of course, what science really is doing is catching up with what God has always known and we've always read in the word of God which is the power of thanksgiving, the power of thanksgiving. And ultimately, thanksgiving for the Christian is the art of remembering the grace of God at work in our lives, that God doesn't owe us anything, and yet he has given us everything. John 3.16 tells us, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And so Thanksgiving starts as a recognition and recalling of the grace of God in our lives, that he is good. Thanksgiving is not just an act or a reaction. Thanksgiving actually is meant to be the lifestyle of the Christian believer. And so as we start this year, I want us to just meditate on a few of the Apostle Paul's words in Philippians chapter 1, where he writes to the Christians in Philippi, and reminds them about the power of thanksgiving from his own example and his own life. And what we're going to see in Paul's words are three things. Number one, we're going to see his thankfulness for people. Number two, his thankfulness in all circumstances. And number three, his thankfulness in prayer. We're going to see these three things. So let's look at the first, his thankfulness for people. Philippians 1 and verse 3, we read this. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will carry on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is where Paul starts with thanksgiving. He thanks God for people. I thank my God every time I remember you. And I think as we look back over 2020, 
I think we've all had a fresh revelation that what we've missed is not possessions, we've missed people. It's our connection, our proximity to people that has felt uh, the, the, the most costly thing in this last season. We realise that we're thankful for people, for relationships, for family, that this is actually what really counts. And this is exactly where Paul starts. And I'll suggest is where we should start at the start of 2021, thanking God for people. And Paul starts actually with the most significant person in his life. He says, I thank God. I thank God. That's where his thanksgiving starts. His, his, his attention is actually directed heavenwards towards his heavenly father. He's like, I thank God first. He's like, I thank God that he who began a good work in you will finish it. He's thankful for a God of unending faithfulness, uh, not a God of half measures, not a God who begins things and then loses interest and wanders off. No, no, no. He's like, I thank God. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. He's recalling to mind the great rock-like unending faithfulness of mighty God. That's where his thanksgiving is fixed. And, you know, I think we've all learned that our circumstances change, but God does not. He is eternally faithful and good. I love the way Moses describes God in Deuteronomy 32, 4. He says this, for I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect and all his ways are just a God of faithfulness without injustice righteous and upright is he we got one great big reason to be thankful at the start of this year god ascribe greatness to god our rock his ways are perfect that means in all of the mystery that's gone in this last year one thing we know for certain god has not changed he is the same yesterday today and forever his word is faithful his ways are true his ways are righteous and praiseworthy your father god has not changed and so start this year by thanking god for himself that he is your father that he is your god i thank god this is where paul starts but he moves on to actually to thank god for the people in his life for the specific people that are around him in his church family. He remembers them and it causes him thanksgiving. And again, at the start of this year, I'd encourage us to spend time just thanking God for the people that he's put around us, the, the church family that he's put in our, in our lives, the friends that are around us in our community. Thank God specifically for the people that reveal to you something about the grace and the character of God. I mean, I think about this past year, you know, I thank God for Peter and Amanda Humphrey, who put me and Carol up for five months last year in their house because our house was a disaster zone and it was being fixed. And they took us in and looked after us. And Pete and Amanda, thank you. When I think of you, I thank God for you and for your friendship. You know, I think about all the skilled people that renovated our home and fixed leaky roofs and fixed kind of plumbing jobs. You know, I think of Phil and Joe and Ben and Stephen and many, many others who are in our house. I thank God when I remember you and I remember your grace and your skill and your patience and your hard work. 
you know, and I think about people in our community who have been serving their socks off to just love people in our society in this last season, you know, whether it's policemen or social workers or healthcare workers or uh, nurses or whatever kind of field of work you've been working, I thank God when I remember you and for the work that you are doing. You know, I think about Ruth Coleman who lives with us and I thank God for you, Ruth, because of your hard work, your diligence, your love for people, your perseverance for the way that you've loved the least and the last and done your job with just incredible, incredible humility. Uh, I thank God for you. You know, I thank God for many church leaders that I work with in my day job who are leading their church communities in a season of unprecedented chaos and change. You know, I thank God for you. I thank God for the evidence of the fruit of the spirit, even in chaotic times, you know, whether it's just looking after the, the lonely and the broken, whether it's including them in family, whether it's uh, looking after the lost in your communities and seeing the gospel bear fruit. I think of my friend Mikhail in Turkey, a difficult nation to be a Christian in right now. And yet last year uh, led over 340 people to Christ and planted seven new churches, you know, I thank God for you, Mikhail. This is what Paul is doing. He's thinking of specific people in his life and he's like, when I remember you, I thank God for you. Why don't you do that at the start of this year? Just recall to mind the people that he's put in your life and thank God for them. He puts us in family because we need one another and praise God for it. But Paul moves on in this passage and he begins to focus his attention on thanksgiving in all circumstances. In verse seven, we read, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Paul moves on and says, listen, whether I'm in chains or whether I'm free to proclaim the gospel, my position is fixed. I'm just thanking God. My heart is full of affection for you. And my circumstances don't actually change that fact. The grace of God is on me, whether I'm in a season of thick or in a season of thin. I'm remaining the same. This is a powerful, powerful reminder that Thanksgiving is not ultimately dependent on our circumstances, but it's dependent on our stances and you can choose to live one of two ways and I love the way our friend Chris Vallotton puts it he says this there are two ways to live life you can let your circumstances dictate your stances or you can let your stances dictate your circumstances trials do not mold you as much as they reveal you noble people don't change when times are tough they change the times I love that and in Paul's world, he's saying this, listen, I've got a fixed stance in my life. I'm not living by my circumstances. It doesn't matter to me whether I'm in chains or whether I'm free. My stance is the same. God is for me and not against me. God is good all the time. In him, there is no shadow or turning. I know that he gave his son for me. I know that the cross is God's final answer on how he views suffering and evil and sickness and sin. I know that my savior is alive forevermore. I know that I'm gonna be in eternity with him forever. 
forever. I know that his goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life, whether I'm in chains or whether I'm free. It doesn't change this stance. If God is for me, who can be against me? And this just permeates his life with thankfulness. Which way are you going to choose to live this year? Which way am I going to choose to live this year? And I'll be honest, this is easy to say and it's more difficult to live out. And I think I've most clearly seen this live out in the life of my own wife, Carol, who through thick and thin, through long-term sickness and family disasters and different pressures, has maintained and chosen a lifestyle of thankfulness, whether in thick or whether in thin. And watching her, I've learned this, that thankfulness is not just your response when you get out of the hole. Thankfulness is your response that releases grace while you're still in the hole. Thankfulness actually is what invites the grace of God into your circumstances. And so I would encourage you to choose this year to live from the stance of gratitude. From the stance of, I know my God is for me and the cross and the resurrection are God's final word and they are going to dictate the way that I live, the way that I think and the way that I behave this year. And then thirdly, Paul lands by bringing his thanksgiving with prayer. He says, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus to the praise and glory of God. Paul expresses his thanksgiving lastly through prayer and notice that he doesn't pray a self-entitled 21st century prayer of God make me wealthy and happy and I pray that everything will go swimmingly. That's not what he prays. This is what he prays. I pray that your love would abound, that you may discern what is best and that you may be filled with the fruit of righteousness. That's his prayer. He's praying kingdom-minded prayers and I want to stir us and call us and exhort us this year to be a people of radical prayer, perhaps like never before in our lives. And that we would give ourselves to prayer, pray these kinds of prayers that the Apostle Paul was praying. To pray that our love for people would grow, that we may learn to discern what is best and that our lives will be filled with the fruit of righteousness. And I, later on in the letter, Paul says this, listen, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And we are entering right now into a week of prayer and a week of fasting. There are going to be loads of opportunities to hook in and pray this, this year and this week in particular. And I want to encourage you to fast from something. You know, in, in November, I fasted for 10 days from playing games on my phone and from drinking coffee. And it felt just a little bit costly, but I tell you, it stirred my hunger to seek God. Give up something so that you can express your desire for God and for his kingdom to break into this world. Let's give ourselves to extraordinary prayer. Because I tell you, he or she who gives themselves to prayer is going to win the fight in the days to come. Let's present our requests with thanksgiving this year. So guys, happy new year. I'm praying that the kingdom of God comes on your life and my life and our life as a church community but let's start this year as we mean to go on full of gratitude. Amen.